How you doing, everybody? It is good to be back on a Monday night only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are listening to the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show. And the number to call, as always, is 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. As always, you can follow the show on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. I am Craig Moffat, and it wouldn't be a Monday night on the Moffat on the Mic show without the production stylings of the people's producer, Chris Clem. What's going on, Craig? How are you, Hammer? Doing good. How was the weekend? It was good. Pretty boring, but, you know, I managed to salvage it, you know, chilling with my friends and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you know (laughs) how it is. Clem, we have reached the final four. Yes, we have. Final four in the NCAA. Final four. And the final four episodes of the Moffat on the Mic radio show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, as we've told you before, April 10th will be our final show on the network. And uh, we thank everybody for always for supporting us, for listening to us, for following us, whether on Instagram or Twitter. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start? You could talk about how, um, well, I think, you know, we're in New York. <laughs> Yankees just lost two out of three to the Orioles. They're riddled with injuries. So let's start with the Yankees. Not to mention – the backbreak, well, not really a backbreaker, no pun intended, by the way. Um, but uh, Miguel Andujar out for the season, as was just reported by my Yankee insider, Keith Siskin. <laughs> right? Um, look, here's what I'll take from the Yankees over the weekend. Number one, obviously, we're not going to look too deep into this because it's the Yankees. And the Yankees will, and when it's all said and done, the Yankees will be in contention at the end of the day. The injuries are alarming, though. Mm-hmm. You can't really deny that. Losing Andujar, and now you lost Stanton as well. To go with Severino, Betances, Gregorius. Gardner, too, I think. Did Gardner get hurt? I think Gardner's on the DL as well. Or IL, I want to be correct. But, you know, it is a little troublesome to start. Now, here's the one thing I will say. The same things that happened last year with the Yankees are starting to happen this year. They are having too difficult of a time with bad teams. And you just, if you're going to be serious about contending, you simply cannot let that happen. And yeah, I was just about to say, I'm listening to the Michael K show today, and they were, threw out this crazy number about the teams that when the, or when the Yankees faced below 500 teams last year. Right. They went 23. And fourteen, mm-hmm. not bad, right? The, you want to know what the Red Sox went against against those same five hundred teams? I saw the record, but I, just remind me because I can't. Thirty-two I and five. That's what I'm saying, and that's kind of and that's a big deal. I mean, when you look at the broader picture, we talked about it last week. We talked about it when we were, when it was the Mets. The Mets take the first two. The Mets win the first series against the Nationals. And granted, it's only the first weekend in April. The fact remains is that those games are going to matter at the end of the season when the Mets are a game up on the Nationals. Mm -hmm. 
They're going to look back to that first weekend series against Washington in Washington and how they took two out of three. And that is a big deal. You're going to look back on this series with the Yank, with the Orioles. You lost two out of three. Against the team, quite frankly, you had no business losing two out of three, too. In fact, you had no business losing one out of three, too. Yeah. Now, now yesterday was you know yesterday was a little bit of a trick day because quite frankly I thought they were going to can- I thought they were going to cancel the game, mm. three hour rain delay, and then it wound the game winds up being close to four hours long on top of that. But again, I understand why they played the game yesterday because last year, if I remember right, the Yankees had so many rainouts at one point, the amount of double headers they were playing was insane. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was. I remember Matt would like freak out, and rightfully so. Because the team would they would lose a you know lose a doubleheader. I think it would think when they played the Tigers in Detroit, they got like snowed out or they got or something like that. They got killed with doubleheaders. So I can understand the playing of the game. Now, if you could take some good things out of the weekend to have with the Yankees for starters, I thought James Paxton played pitched pretty well in his first start. You know, granted it was against the Orioles, but it doesn't matter. It's whoever's on your schedule, you got to beat them. Yeah, exactly. These are, and Craig, like you said, these are the teams you got to beat. Because whether you know you're down three, say it's that it, 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 it is in September and you're down three games for the Red Sox, mm-hmm. these are the games you're going to be looking back on. And like I just said, Yankees went 23 and 14 against below 500 teams last year. That's not awful. But when the Red Sox are going 32 and 7, I mean, come on. You can't do it. That can't happen. That cannot happen. Now, look, for all we know, the rest of the way, the Yankees could win the next 16 games against the Orioles. So yeah. we, we don't look at it to that extreme or however many games. But it's just it, – optics-wise, it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. It's early in the season. We get it. And that's why you don't really hit the panic button on this one. But it is alarming that the same problems are still persistent from last year. Yeah, Gary you, Sanchez all of a sudden can't do can't throw to second base. And you can play to the fact that yeah, you know, you got injuries like that, but you're still even with your injuries, either with without Stanton, without Andujar, suffering all these guys, you're still a much better team than I mean, the Clint, Orioles. Think about it. Half the guys in the Yankee farm system are better than what the Orioles are putting out on the field. Exactly. And here's the crazy part. Even though he pretty much sucks now to no to no end. They benched Chris Davis on Saturday mm-hmm. after he struck out three times in the in the homo in the opening day game, and they still beat the Yankees. I mean, like again, you know, Paxton I thought pitched well, J. A. Happ did not, and the injuries are and the injuries are a concern. They are a major concern. You're losing too many guys this early in the season. You're going to lose a half of these guys for at least a month. You already know that Didi's not going to be back until All-Star break. We don't really know when Severino's going to be back. I don't even think he's throwing yet. Yeah, we just you, you just had the update that... Uh, Andujar's out for the season. Yeah. Stanton is going to probably miss at least a month. And Stan has a torn bicep. That's at least a month. Well, it's not a bad. torn. It's a more of like a strain, but oh, it's still pretty strain? bad. It's still pretty bad either way. Didn't uh, who had that on the Mets a couple years ago? What a bicep strain! Didn't someone have someone with the bicep? 
Uh, was it Syndergaard? It might have been Syndergaard. It was a lat strain. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Um, but getting back to what I was saying now, a lot of the Yankee signings, though, have been good for that reason, for versatility, for depth. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you bring up a guy like Clint Frazier right off the bat. You bring up Tyler Wade right off the bat. You know, the Yankees have good young pl- prospects right now at Scranton-Wilkes Bar. And this is why you sign a guy like DJ LeMayhew. Mets one seven three. Let's go. This is you know this is exactly why you signed a guy like DJ LeMayhew. This is exactly why you have. Are, are they serious? What is this? It's like Braun Strowman against two fat guys. It's the local talent. I would just have him run out of the ring. Where That's are a, they tonight? Uh, Washington. Oh okay. Okay. Um, wait. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Odds are these guys get at least one hit in. What do you think? Over or over under two hits. Yeah, but why would? But I don't. This doesn't make any sense to me, though. What is the point? What is the point of this? I don't know. Because he's not really in a feud with anybody. He's in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yeah. Unless they all come down and just beat the crap out of him, which would make sense. Um. But look, you may not have listen. It's not what you wanted, and it's frustrating because you should be beating teams like the Orioles. But you know what the sad part is? And I said this to Keith when we were talking when he told me the Andujar injury. Mm-hmm. I wrote, here come all the – see, I told you we should have signed Manny Machado people. Yeah. This is, what, this is what's going to come up tomorrow. Guaranteed first caller on WFAN says the same thing. I bet. And that's like the sad part about it. It's all this, I told you so, we should have did this. Andujar was a good, you know, he's a great hitter. He's just not a very good defender. Which is fine, though. I mean, if you want to nitpick, oh, you know, Andujar, if Andujar didn't throw it this way, you know, they met the, they could save, like, these runs or whatever. No, you, you want to nitpick that. That's that's just you being, just trying to figure out why you were right. No. Yeah. Andujar's a great player. And if he has a 92 fielding percentage, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not going to kill you, honestly. But again, the injuries are becoming to be a problem. It's like it's almost like Mets territory. Remember how like you know the Mets would suffer through these types of injuries where they would lose five or six guys that were like crucial to the team? Yeah. I mean the Yankees have lost some big fish. And now there's concerns about Chapman's velocity. Chapman was having you know, he wasn't throwing with the smoke he normally throws, so a lot of now that's a flag right there. And this is, I think this is when the Yankees are starting to get into panic. Yankee fans, excuse me, are starting to get into panic. Oh, of course. But here's the beauty of it, Yankee fans. It's only April. Mm -hmm. You have a long way to go. And if the Yankees kill it like I expect them to do, none of this will matter. No one will care about this after a while. It's a tough break to be in. Listen, as Clem and I being Mets fans, we've been through this. Yeah, we've been through struggling watching guys slip on banana peels and going out for the season. Or eleven years, I think eleven years is when the injuries really started rolling in for the Mets. Yeah. By the way, it looks like he's fighting Odell Beckham. That does good. That yeah, does yeah. look like Odell Beckham, like a fat version of Odell Beckham, <laughs> right? And the thing is, is that again, it's only April. But from an optic standpoint, it's not a good look when you lose to the Orioles two out of three at home. Yeah. Again, like we get it. You got injured guys. But your bench is still 95% better than what anything the Orioles have put in out. 
You can't lo- you can't be losing to the Orioles. You know what I would have done in that spot? I don't. We're gonna just segue because we just saw Braun Strowman beat up two worthless individuals. Um, no, maybe that's why because they both look like Michael Che and Colin Jost from. That would make. More but sense. here's what I would have did. You know what I would have did in that moment when he goes to pin them? I would have had them kick out. <laughs> <laughs> I would just had them kick out just for the fun of it. But. All right, Clem's doing the strip tease. A million degrees in here. <laughs> um, but again, look, did the Yankees win tonight? Um, I know they're playing the Tigers. I'll let you know in three seconds. But at the end of the day, look, it, it is what it is. Yeah, they won. They won? Three to one. All right, so the Yankees win three to one. Who pitched tonight? What was it? Uh, oh, it was uh, Herman, right? Domingo Herman? Yeah, I think, I think it was Herman. So yeah, Domingo Herman, five innings, one hit, five walks, seven seven strikeouts. That's not that's that's okay for his first start though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't you know yeah, the the walks bother you, of course they're going to, but you know, listen, you limit the damage with one run, he still struck out seven guys. It was like you see the other day Darvish had seven walks in like two and two thirds innings. Jeez. Yeah, and then in relief, again, this just shows how deep the bullpen went. You had five. You had four innings worth of relief pitchers. Only one hit was given up. You had Chad Green, Zach Britton, Anavino, and Chapman. Yeah. So I mean, listen. That's why you built that bullpen. Yeah. Get your starters to the sixth inning. Your bullpen will carry you the rest of the way. And they're going to be more reliant now than ever. So. You can, at, still, you can still score the runs. You still got big hitters in that lineup. You still have judges still there. You still have Glaber Torres. You still have some of these big, the big dogs in the lineup. You still have Luke Voigt. Still you still, Luke, you know, Luke Voigt. Greg Bird's doing good too. He's not injured yet, so that's a plus. But then again, you also have Clint Frazier, you know, back, and Clint Frazier can hit. I know he's had a little bit of a rough patch with the concussions, and you know, you hope he's kind of gotten over that. But he's still a pretty valuable prospect. And so is DJ LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu can get on base. Still we, say, man, one of my still, still one of my all time favorite one of my all time favorite signings by the Yankees was DJ LeMahieu. I thought it was a, a fantastic signing, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe we didn't sign Manny Machado. I can't believe we didn't do." Because everybody wants the big fish, man, and those are the phony Yankee fans, in my opinion. Those are the Yankee fans who've been fans for fifteen minutes. They don't see the forest for the trees, man. They just see what they want to see. They just see themselves as arrogant fans rooting for an arrogant franchise. Who feels like they should just get whatever they should just go after everybody, and because they have all the money, it's all changed now. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as it used to be. And maybe if George Steinbrenner was alive today, maybe it'd be different. Maybe where Manny Machado would be a Yankee because he would not let that happen. Yeah, we've said that multiple times on this show. If George Steinbrenner was still alive, Harper and Machado would have been in Yankee uniform. Yeah, because he would do whatever it takes. He wouldn't care what it cost. He wouldn't give a rat's ass what it would cost. Yeah. He would do anything to block the Boston Red Sox from signing players. He would have made that trade for Chris Sale. And the fact is, is it's all changed now. The Yankees have a lot of good, solid, homegrown talent. They're all under team control. They don't have to spend money for a long time unless they want to spend it on the rotation. Hitting, they don't have to spend money on any hitting. No, they don't. They All don't. those guys, Gleiber, 
Judge, you know, they already have their big ticket was Stanton for $300 million. The Voight doesn't even cost that much money, and he's a good hitter. Yeah. All these guys, I mean, look, if you want to get plug-in pieces like they have been doing, you know, you want to get, uh, you want to bring in a DJ LeMahieu, you want to bring in a Troy Tulowitzki, oh, that's fine. That's where you want to spend your money in because you have your starters. You just need some, some, some decent backups, which they do. Thing is, every time a guy gets hurt now, the Yankee fan is going to be complaining, oh, we should have went out and got Harper. We should have went out and got mm-hmm. that. Right? And let me tell you something. It's only been three games, but Bryce Harper is such a douche. He really is a douchebag, like 100% douchebag. He's playing into that Philly native role now. But it's like it's so over the top. The guy homers, and he's like going batshit crazy like because he gets out for a curtain call. Like he just he's such a douche and it's phony, it's fake. It's so phony his his whole behavior. Now all of a sudden he's madly in love with being in Philadelphia. None of it makes sense. And this guy's like every time he homers now, it's always just like this overblown reaction to everything. Like it's almost like he owes something to the Philly fans, like it's almost like he's paying, you know, He's trying to pay it back yeah. for holding them hostage for so long. But the Yankee fan would just is would just be complaining. Like right now, this is all you'll hear tomorrow. Andujar got hurt. It's a very unfortunate injury. That's got to suck seeing that ad, right, Clem? For NXT. No, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to what I was saying. The Yankee fan will over will blow it out of proportion like they always do because this is that's what they do well. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what the prediction. You have no idea what the prediction is going to be if Andujar is going to be hurt and he's going to be out for the season. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, see, I told you we should have signed Manny Machado. But you've been given a gift. This first week is nothing but weak teams. You got to feast on these teams. And again, injuries aside, your bench and backups are still better than anything the Orioles are putting out there. Yeah. I can name you more guys on the Yankees bench than I can in the Orioles starting lineup. I can name you two guys in the. I'll put it this way without looking. You ever see, like, you know, I can name that in five players. Yeah. Can you name more? How many players do you think you can name from the Orioles just right off the top of your head? Three. Jonathan Villar, Trey Mancini, and Chris Davis. I could probably name... That's it, though. <laughs> I can name about five. Because a lot of the guys I haven't heard of. Well, look at this. Jonathan record. Villar, Trey Mancini, Chris Davis, Joey Rickard, Dylan Bundy. Oh, yeah, Dylan Bundy. I know Dylan Bundy, four. And I forgot about Andrew Kashner, too, who oh, sucks. Yeah. Yeah, he stinks, though. We just name players. We don't care if they suck or not. We just want to know if we can name players off the Baltimore. Yeah, I've never, I've never Half those of, other guys, I've never heard of. I've, I was just say, I never heard of these guys. I never heard of their catcher. I never heard of their anyone in their outfield. Uh, Jonathan Villar, Chris Davis, Andrew Kashner, and Dylan Bundy. That's it. That's that's all I know. You're listening to the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show on a Monday night only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. The number to call is 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. As always, follow the show on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. 
Just a reminder, we started posting it for today. Thursday night, 10 o'clock, right here in studio. Andrew Pisano, Joe Pisano, Eric Slamilton Hamilton from the What's Wrong with Wrestling podcast are going to be in studio hanging out with us for the whole show. It's going to be great. So we are looking forward to it. You know, we love when those guys come up, you know, when they talk with us on the show. So they're going to be in studio hanging out with us 10 p.m. right here Thursday night on the Moffat on the Mic radio show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, jump into the Mets. I was going to say, yeah, do we buy World Series tickets now or? <laughs> oh, gee, dun, dun, dun. see, that, that's what happens. You, know? no, you guys get a little too ahead of yourself. I'm only kidding. My, uh, no, my buddy put that in our group chat the first day, and he was just there like, it is, so. The demon. It's already confirmed he's, it's coming out. Well, not confirmed, but they're advertising for him as the demon already on WrestleMania posters. Oh, God. This is the buildup. But see, and this is the baloney we don't get. I don't get. Right. He comes out. Okay, we get it. The demon for WrestleMania. But completely understandable. Why to be the demon? Well, Leo Rush looks... Looks like he just took a dump in his pants. He just looked like he took a dump in his pants. Well, this is I don't get. Yeah, you get the you do the demon for WrestleMania. Cool. Months. What was it? The Royal Rumble. Bro- mm-hmm. He has his the biggest match of his career against Brock Lesnar. He comes out as Finn Balor. Okay. Well, it's like you ever see Teen Wolf? No. Well, Michael J. Have you ever heard of the movie Teen Wolf? Yes, with Michael J. Fox. Okay. Remember when like all of a sudden he goes to the championship game? Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's not the wolf anymore, and then all of a sudden they play like really well. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's what he did. He pulled the Teen Wolf. He wanted the world title, but he didn't need. He didn't want help from the demon. Well, if we're comp- look, if we're ca- comparing Finn Balor to the the Michael J. Fox Teen Wolf, then that we got a problem here. We do have a problem because <laughs> we shouldn't be doing that, right? And by the way, the fact that the main event on Monday Night Raw is Rey Mysterio against Baron Corbin—that's pretty pathetic. Yeah, it's tip. That's a tip. That's, honestly, that's a typical one week away from WrestleMania. But WrestleMania has like you know the thing is is like. We said it on thir- on Friday when we were doing the show that I am looking forward to this WrestleMania the least. Yeah. I don't find anything interesting about this WrestleMania. Like, for example, Triple H is putting his career on the line. But he barely wrestles. Yeah, what career? So what, what's the point? You giving up the COO job? If now, if he was giving up the COO job, that makes sense. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, but I why would, would you, but like, you barely wrestle. You haven't wrestled in over a year. Like, I would love to see him put the COO job on the line when it gets to be the COO of the, of the WWE. That would be cool. See, but I can live with that. Like that but he's like, oh, yeah, I'll put my career on the line. So you're going to lose, basically, because you're never going to wrestle. You barely wrestle as it is, so you're not wrestling anymore. But on that note, let's jump to the Mets. Yes, go back to the Mets. <laughs> Listen, there was a lot to like about this weekend. The two wins notwithstanding. First off, what I liked about Sunday was they came back and tied the game. Mm-hmm. They were down 5-2. Wheeler didn't really have his best stuff because Zellman gave up an insurance run. And then the Mets just kind of gr- clawed back, tied the game. And, you know, Justin Wilson gives up the home run to uh, uh, Trey Turner. That pretty much wins it. But overall, I thought the Mets had a strong weekend in Washington. I thought the DeGrom, they played great against Scherzer. I expected it to be a very low-scoring game to begin. You know, I already expected that. And the fact the Mets were able to pull it out was one thing. Syndergaard did not look his best on Saturday. But I thought the bats saved him. Yeah. 
You know, they really just kind of tore up the Washington bullpen. And it got to the point where they almost did it again. Yeah. And that's already a big red flag for your first weekend if you're a Nationals fan. Your bullpen may not be as good as advertised. It's not. Like, one of my buddies at school is a Nationals fan. We were even talking about that today. And we was just like, yeah, I mean, he's like, some of these guys are decent guys, but, like, you never really really seen them before. And he said, Sean Doodle Doodle is a good closer. But, like, other than that. But, I mean, they have a lot of names, like Tony Sipp, Kyle Baraclaw, you know, Sean Doolittle, Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah. These are all names. Now, Trevor Rosenthal has a pitch. I think he had Tommy John. And so this is his first year back. But overall, I was not the, I was not that impressed with the Nationals. Yeah, I was not high on them the way other t- other people were. Yeah. But the Mets have a lot of versatility, and I'm not a huge versatility guy, mainly because Sandy Olson would always sign these B level versatility guys. You know, it's a little different now with guys like Cano in the lineup, and you know Alonso's just been ripping, tearing it up. Mm-hmm. McNeil's been outstanding. It's almost like McNeil should play every day. You got to find a place for him to play every day. Well, when we talked to Anthony DeComo back in, oh jeez, I don't even remember when we talked to him. I think November. way back when. Yeah, way back when in November. <laughs> this is before any any signings were made, and we asked we asked him. He was just like we asked him, "Is Jeff McNeil going to be like an everyday starter for the Mets?" And he said, "I don't see why he shouldn't be." And he's proving that right now that he should be an everyday starter for the New York. But was that pre Cano or post? That was that was that was pre Cano. That was that was pre Cano. That was pre any move. Okay. That was pre any move anyway. And I mean, listen, he's earned it. I mean, and he's proving it right now that he's earned it too. You got to figure out a way to get his bat in the lineup every day. I think it's it's simple to get his bat in the lineup. You just have him be the everyday starting third baseman, and if you need to throw him in at left field or right field, and every now and again you can do that. Jed Lowry does not need to be the everyday starting third baseman. He's great. He'll be a great utility guy for the Mets, but he doesn't need to be the starting everyday third baseman. Well, no, I don't think – I agree with that. But once Todd Frazier comes back too, then you're going to have a bigger conundrum. And then on top of that, you have Dom Smith. But see, to us, Todd Frazier should not be starting. He should not even be in – I don't want Todd Frazier anywhere in the lineup. He's going to bat 210 and hit – 15 home runs. I don't want... I like Todd Frazier a lot. I really do. Yeah. But he's not a starter anymore. No. He's not. He's really not a starter. I like Todd Frazier. He's a great locker room guy. He can teach a lot of these guys a lot of stuff. I think it's like I like the fact of having Dom Smith on the bench. And I think Dom Smith needs to start a game too. I think he's earned it. Well, I'm shocked actually. I thought, you know, what I thought they would do is like, oh, you know, maybe like go... You give Alonzo one day, give Dom the other day, or give Dom give Dom righties, give Peter Alonzo the lefties. That's mm-hmm. what I thought the Mets were going to do, but Peter Alonzo's been really starting all these. Well, games. I mean, the thing is, like at this point, you got to play him every day, yeah. unless you know. Listen, you want to give him a day off, fine, that's fine, but you know, one day off, and then he should be playing every day. The other thing too is, you know, I thought Major League Baseball did a crappy job with the schedule, and I know why Syndergaard was bitching about the whole Syracuse trip, which to me was a little over the top. But how do you schedule the Mets to play a Wednesday night game against Miami? Mm-hmm. And then Thursday afternoon is your home opener. Yeah, it's tough. See, to me, that doesn't make any sense. Why not give them the Thursday off and then have them play Friday afternoon? But, uh, sorry, to, but speaking of you know starting Dom Smith, Mike Puma just tweeted out, Dom Smith is starting at first base tomorrow, says Mike, says Mick Good. Calloway. 
which is he's good. earned it. I mean, I, I was just about to say, you know what? He had such a good he had such a good spring training. You want to keep his momentum at least a little. Like uh, you want to keep that fire lit a little bit too. You know, you want yeah. to keep and get I, him playing. Listen, more. he's coming in pinch hitting spots and and perform well. Yeah, he came in today, got a walk, ended up being the score the 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 leading run before Alonso cracked a home run. But overall, I think there's a lot to like about the Mets moving forward. Now, anything can happen, you know. And again, we don't. We're not. We're going to temper our expectations, which you should be doing. Because remember, last year the Mets went eleven and one, and then just completely crapped the bet. <laughs> so yeah, they're the worst May June I've ever seen. But the fact is, you take you take the first series against Washington. And then you turn around, you need to win this series against Miami, a team that gives you a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Miami has been known for giving the Mets a ton of fits. And it almost started today after Castro hit the two-run homer. you know, And then the Marlins kept kind of taking the lead, but then the Mets would come back. And then the Mets eventually pulled, a, pulled it away in the end when Alonzo hit the three-run homer. Yeah, These Matt- National League East matchups are huge for the Mets right now. And like, like we said about the Yankees. Marlins are a weak team. These are the teams you're going to have to beat up on if you want to try and stay with the Braves, the Phillies, and the Nationals this year. The East is a very competitive team a uh, year. So, so when you have when you play the Marlins and these weak teams in the NL, these are the games you're going to have to win. You're going to have to because they again like we said with the Yankees down back in September. The, you're going to look back at these games and like, oh, I can't believe we lost. We beat the Marlins seven out of seven. Like we should that shouldn't be happening. Why does Ray Mysterio have a mohawk? I don't know. I think he's just trying to keep his look fresh. Right? I don't know, man. I don't like that it. looks so like. It looks like I, don't, I can't even describe it. The better question is why is Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe on Raw? They're SmackDown guess, guys. I guess they're officially on Raw now. I don't know. <laughs> but getting back to what I was saying, but it's coming from all avenues for the Mets right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hitting well. Mm-hmm. The only guy who's not hitting well is Brandon Nemo, and yeah. it was good that he got the day off tonight just to kind of think about it. You know, maybe he's pressing, trying too hard as a leadoff hitter. I, I don't know. I mean, he had seven strikeouts in the series against Washington. You can't have that. Yeah, he's being a little aggressive. You know, listen, let's call it what it is, too. Washington is a very strong pitching staff. Yes. Starting pitching staff. Yes. Least. With Corbin, Strasburg, who's, and, man, I'm telling you, and I said this, Keith and I were talking about this on Saturday, Strasburg is not the same. No. He has. He he's never been the same since his uh, Tommy John surgery. Yeah, his velocity seems down. The Mets seem to be teeing off on him, you know, pretty, you know, pretty well. He is definitely not the same. Not the same pitcher he used to be. Because I remember when he made his debut in the National League, I was at a Mets game when he pitched. I think it was against the Pirates. He struck out fourteen guys in his first game. That's how good he was supposed to be. I like Strasburg. I liked him a lot. I still do like him. I don't hate Strasburg. But I think the injuries just kind of took their toll on him, I think. And I think he's just more of a middle-of-the-pack pitcher now. I don't think he's that elite starter. He's not that elite starter you build your team around. Yeah. I don't think he is either, which is unfortunate to say. Because like I said, I I, I do like Strasburg a lot. I do like him, but he's not that elite guy anymore. He's he's on more of like the Tier 2 level. Yeah, like I'll put him on the same level right now as mm-hmm. Zach Wheeler. I could see that. Maybe a, maybe a little higher because he's been more. Cons- I mean, he's been. I wouldn't say healthier, but I mean, I you know I'll just put it. Say he's on the same level as Zach Wheeler. I could definitely see that. Makes sense. 
But getting back to the hitting, if it's not from one person who who had a big hit the other day, J.D. Davis. Yes. Lagaris had a home run tonight. Mm-hmm. The Mets are getting it from different angles, and that's a good thing to have. They look like a fresh team, they, and their bullpen, I thought, was really good for the most part. Outside of Wilson blowing the save. Although I don't understand why he kept Lugo in so long on Saturday. When mm. Lugo didn't have it, he should have pulled him right off the bat. Yeah, I understand. Don't go to Edwin Diaz unless you absolutely positively had to, and I thought that Callaway made a right decision there. He only went to Edwin Diaz unless he absolutely positively had to. But overall, when Lugo, you saw Lugo struggling the way he was struggling, you, you should have pulled him sooner. Yeah. But whatever. That's all water under the bridge. That's all nitpicking, you know, at this point. I mean, we're, if you're trying to find things to complain about, there you go. Okay? And the thing is, is that they're a fun team to watch right now through the first four games. But I think that the I think Major League Baseball kind of screwed them this week on the schedule. Because to play a night game before your home opener on an afternoon, I think is stupid. Mm. Your home opener should be or just make the home opener a night game. Is that like so bad? I remember I went to a Met game at night, a home opener. It was years ago. But these series are important, just like I said before about the Yankees-Orioles series. They're all important because they're in the division. You have to win these series. These series are more important than probably anything else in the National League. You want to win the East and it comes down to percentage points, they're going to look back on that series against Miami. They're going to look back on that series against Washington. In the very beginning of April, when nobody gave a shit, when nobody cared because it was so early in the season, and that's the cliche we use, right, Clem? Mm-hmm. Whenever we're, you know, it's the very beginning of the season. The first thing we say is, ah, yeah, you know, can't. It's too early. No big deal. And you're right to an extent. There is no big deal about it. But for teams like the Yankees and Mets that need to win the division, these are the games that they always struggled with. The Yankees last year, the Mets with the Marlins last year as well. You have to win these series. Plain and simple. Clem, let's go to break real quick, and then we'll come back and we'll do a few other things. I want to talk about this incident that happened at Dodger Stadium. Did you hear about this? I did not. This guy was on his phone, and I guess he had some words with another guy, and the guy basically beat the crap out of him, and the guy's on life support. Fractured, Fractured skull. Jesus. Because this is exactly the problem with fans in general. But we'll get into that after the break. You're listening to the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Allow me to introduce myself with, with, with Craig Moffitt. Craig Moffitt. It's been one week since you looked at me. You know what the sad part is? This is not even their best song. 
Is it real? I never really got into the Bare Naked Ladies. The Bare Naked Ladies have a lot of better songs than this one. This was like their radio friendly hit. Mm. But they have a couple of really good ones. Like they have a song called The Old Apartment that's so good. I've seen them a few times. Although the only thing I don't like about them seeing them at concert is they were a little goofy. They kind of like, they're like one of those groups that like they play songs and then in between they joke around too much and it's like it kind of brings the show down. Uh, it's always, always say a lot about Blink-182. Blink-182 will put on a good show when they play music. Yeah. But a lot of times they waste time just, you know, joking around and being stupid and then that's why the shit brings the show down. So getting back to what I was saying before. So there was an incident that took, another incident that took place at Dodger Stadium where a fan got seriously injured in a fight. Mm-hmm. It says, authorities searched Monday for a man who punched Rafael Reina during an argument following Friday night's marathon six-hour game between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Christelle Reina said her 47-year-old husband sustained a skull fracture and a fall in a parking lot and is on life support. Jesus. You know, this is a reason why, like, sometimes I don't like going to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll always love going to sporting events. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Okay, and I always love going to Jet games, and I'll always try to go to Met games and Islander games and all that stuff. But it's just weird how fans take it to this level that's just not necessary. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you literally hit a guy, and the guy is, the guy could die. All because you had words with him in the parking lot. Or wherever you were. I don't even know where it was. But, like, imagine the guy goes to a game, he's on the phone, and then some guy's just beating the crap out of him. You know? And the thing is, is it's like the guy's 47 years old. How old is I bet the guy who, who is the guy was his what, in his 20s, I said? Yeah. He's a 25 year old guy beating up a 47 year old dude. It's crazy. Some of this stuff is crazy. Like, my brother told me one time his, his fraternity buddies went up to Canada one day to go to, I think it was like a Canadian, whatever Canadian thing, they went to go see the Rangers play up there. Right. He said he came back. His buddy came back with two broken arms because it was just that crazy. I'm just like, really? Two broken arms? That's nuts. But you watch this thing, and it's just it's so bad. Like, it's so, you know, the, you're just trying to go to watch a game. You know, the guy's trying to go watch a game with his wife. And all of a sudden, it's just, it's just like, it's just, I don't even know what to say anymore. But this is the second time this has happened in about a year. Who is it? I guess one one of our best fans. What's that? Jeff is on the line. Yay. (laughs) What's happening, brother? What's up, Hammer? Listen, man, don't you think the Dodgers, like, bear most of the responsibility? Of course they do. It hasn't happened in their parking lot before. It's happened, it's twice in two years. The one guy who almost died, who was a Giants fan. Yeah, I think that was more than two years ago, wasn't it? I don't know. I thought. I thought maybe, maybe. But still, it's just like it, it's out of control. I mean, like fans are just like freaking stupid. But wouldn't you have thought that, like, if you're the Dodgers and a dude basically almost got like it's a miracle that dude didn't die, right? Like that first guy, the yeah. Giants fan, right? Wouldn't you think you'd be like, hey man, maybe I'll watch the parking lot a little more and put some security out there. Or at least put some LAPD out there or something. Plainclothes cops, something. something. You know, like, I mean. Does it feel like they've done nothing in the wake of that? It doesn't sound like it. If, if incidents like this keep happening, I mean, these are just ones that are reported. We don't even know about the other stuff. I mean, 
But it's it's insane how it's just like the you know Dodger fans have just like they're literally beating the piss out of these guys in in the in the parking lot or over because they just because they have a few words. I mean, listen, I've seen some fights. Don't get me wrong. But I've never seen it to the point where, like, a guy is literally beating the crap out of the guy and gives him a skull fracture. I mean, that's really bad. And the thing is, that's a, you know, and that's just another lawsuit right there for the Dodgers, for the Dodgers because there's nobody con- patrolling their parking lots. There's nobody patrolling anything. And guys like this could die. I mean, this guy could die. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't know what needs to be done or what needs to happen for the Dodgers to be like, we need something in that parking lot. Yeah, I I, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I, I've tried to, I mean, like you, you hear this story and it's like, it literally is like deja vu from what happened to the first guy, to the Giants fan. It was like, it's almost like exactly the same story. They had words and all of a sudden they just, you know, they started wailing on him, but I think it was like two guys that beat up that that one guy, that Giants fan. Yeah, the, that it was two guys. You are correct. You know, but it, yeah. again, it's just like, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, is it that laid back in Los Angeles where people are going to start losing their lives because they're going to Dodger games and maybe just said something that they shouldn't? Now, look, I mean, yeah, of course, you could easily argue, well, you shouldn't have said something, and you're right to that extent. But it should never get to the point where you're literally beating this guy to a pulp in the parking lot where the guy gets a fractured skull. Yeah, but people say stuff everywhere you go, right? Like, the dude might have even been kidding. Like, you know how it is. You've seen Red Sox fans at Yankee Stadium and or Red, or Yankees fans at, at, at Fenway. Like, everyone takes jabs and stuff. Like, Yeah, but uh, sometimes it's in good fun. Other times, yeah, it might get a little, you know, once the beer starts getting through you and everything, yeah, then, it, you know, maybe it starts getting, you know, it might get a little rough. You know, I remember I saw it, what was it? Was it a year ago? There was a video of a Patriots, like Patriots fans fighting Jets fans in the oh, at MetLife. Oh, the Patriots. Uh, did I say <laughs> the Patriots instigated it, Jeff? Well, they probably did. I'm just saying, you know. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, when I heard that this story had happened again in Los Angeles, I mean, truthfully, I was shocked it wasn't Philly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, just you, you see stories like that and it just frustrates you to death because, you know, you can't even go to a game anymore and just go watch a game. You know, that's how bad it's gotten in some stadiums. You don't really see crap like that happen in New York. I mean, you do and you don't, but not to that extent. Not to the point where, you you know, guys get in a fractured skull. You know, yeah, you might see a punch get thrown and maybe guys pushing each other and stuff. But you never see it to that extent. I mean, it, it's just, it's embarrassing. The Dodgers should be embarrassed. Probably yeah, this point. guy's probably got a mega lawsuit, you know, ready to go because, again, there's no security. We don't even know what the – I mean, I, I've never been to Dodger Stadium, so I don't really know what that area is like. It's a big parking lot, man. It's just like – it's just, it, it's literally like you're going to the mall where, like, you know, the mall building would be in the middle and then there's just a giant parking lot around it. Yeah. That's what it is like in Chavez Right. 
I mean, what's the? Is there a lot of lighting in that area? I mean, is it you know like there it's? There is actually. So again, though, it just it gets to the point where you just get. I mean, it's just dumbfounded. Like literally, the same thing happened. Let's say two years apart, three years apart. And like both. But this lawsuit's going to be ten times bigger, though, Craig. Right? Because yeah, because like, they've you didn't learn your lesson the first time. No, you didn't learn your lesson the first time when that when that guy, the Giants fan, almost died. Yeah. And I mean, now this guy could die. I mean, like, are the Dodgers is that stupid of an organization not to have better security around your parking lot at night or whatever time of day it is? Los Angeles, you remember seeing all them fights at L.A. Rams games? Yeah, I mean, it, but it. I mean, listen, L.A. is a laid back. Los Angeles is a laid back city. I get it. But I mean, you you can't keep having stuff like this happen. You know, New York is a New York is a tough New York is a tough city, but you don't see crap like this happen at, at games where like guys are getting fractured skulls and fights. I mean, this. I mean, but is LA all that laid back? I mean, because you see a lot of this stuff at sporting events out there, the LA Rams games, this now at Dodger Stadium a couple times. Nipsey Hussle got shot yesterday. Yeah, he died too. I mean, is LA all that laid back? Maybe, Maybe not anymore. When they're doing yoga. Maybe not anymore. But I mean, it's bad. I mean, this is just bad. And the thing is, is that I don't know if it, the league has to get involved in this or if the Dodgers have to do it. I mean, it's hard to say who who is more responsible. I would think it's the Dodgers because it's their stadium. But does the league have to start getting involved to enforce these, you know, stricter security guidelines? For the fans, because you'd last thing you want are fans not going to games. MLB cannot afford that. They cannot afford to lose any revenue. It's bad enough you're on the you could be on the verge of a work stoppage in another year or two. Now you got situations like this, where fans are like literally on the verge of losing their lives. You know, sometimes you just say a piece and walk away. I, I've been involved in it a few times. Never got to the point where you're like swinging fists, but it, it's just. I mean, I could see this stuff happening at City Field because you know the Mets stink and people should be frustrated. But the <laughs> Dodgers are a winning franchise. Shouldn't people be leaving there happy? Are they really? Are they really a winning you franchise? Know, you, you, no, <laughs> I, I think they're mad because they haven't won like a playoff series in who knows how long. Dude, they've been to back-to-back World Series now. They are kind of a winning franchise that, right that, now. Okay, that is true. That but is they've true. also lost back-to-back that World Series. That is also true, yes. So you're kind of treading into Buffalo Bills territory. Yeah, but... I mean, uh, yeah, so you don't want to circle the wagon. Listen, no one's saying the Dolphin, the Dodgers aren't winning games. Winning franchise, though? I kind of equate that to championships. The Mets are not a winning franchise. Neither are the Dodgers. When was the last time the Dodgers won? 88? Yeah, I think the Kirk Gibson home run, right? 88. That's two years after the I Mets won. They must have won after that. I don't think they've won since 88. I think that was the last time they won the World Series. Man. Wow, that's sad. All right, I'd be angry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's, it's amazing to me because I thought part of the Brian Stowe thing, when that, you know, that was that dude's name that almost died. I thought they put cameras out there and other stuff out there to, like, prevent this kind of stuff, you know? Well, you like to think, but I don't even know. 
I mean, you'd like to think that they did, that they do that, but it's hard to, it's really hard to say. But obviously, whatever they put out there is not doing a good enough job because the cameras are not catching this guy getting the, the, his ass whooped. All because maybe he said something to the guy as he was walking by. I mean, I mean, 24, 25 year old guy beating up a 47 year old man. I mean, what do you have to say that's all that bad that you would do that? You know, like where. Like, was it something stupid about baseball, or were they arguing about, like, does pineapple belong on pizza? Ah, uh, who knows? Well, first of all, it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay, and we're going to end that argument right there. That must be a Tampa thing. <laughs> it's not a Tampa thing, bro. I mean, pineapple definitely belongs on pizza. Okay, okay this is where we hang up on you. Oh, yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is where we hang up on you. Oh, great. Craig's offended. No, I'm not offended. <laughs> I'm, offended. I'm a freaking New Yorker. You can't put pineapple on pizza. Right, Clem? You can't do it. No, that's just that's an abomination. It's like putting mustard on cheeseburgers. You don't do it. No mustard on a cheeseburger? You don't put no. mustard on a cheese. No, it depends on the burger, though. No, you just don't do it in general. No, if you have a pastrami burger, you got to put mustard on a pastrami burger. What pastrami? That doesn't count. No, it does. It, it does. It's the same thing. It's a, it, you know. No, because you... See, now this is the exact same scenario right now, right? You're going to argue over mustard, and then the 47-year-old guy is going to beat the crap out of the 25-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were – maybe one's a Trump supporter, one's not. Maybe they were arguing about, I don't know, tax laws. Who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's more about just like – you know, and it was fun to make a joke, but like at the end of the day, it's just about putting security out there. Like what happened – yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, like, the Dodgers should know better. I mean, I'm not saying, you you know, you just do a rent-a-cop, but I'm saying, like, you know, there's got to be former police officers who are retired now who would who would – you could maybe hire to be extra security in the parking lots. Have them wear plain clothes. Just make sure that everything is, you know, safe and everything like that. But, again, I mean, I don't understand how the Dodgers will let that happen twice in a, in a span of a few years. But the thing for me is, when was the last time you were to forget baseball? Just pick a sporting event. Hockey, football, basketball. When was the last time you've been to a sporting event that didn't have cops there? Yeah, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. You go to a... Except in the parking lot in L.A. Yeah. I mean, you go to an NFL game. Like, I, you know, I go to Jet games all the time. Even just pulling up to the parking lot, there's, you know, tons of cops. Tons. And they're all over the stadium, too. To go with the security for the Meadowlands. I mean, it's I, I, it's just common sense. I mean, you can't have a you cannot sit there and be satisfied with the fact that you know you don't think there's anything wrong when two people are literally could lose their you know. Luckily, one guy didn't lose his life; the other one might. Yeah, but I mean, that first guy, he had a hard time talking again. I think he has like permanent brain damage, like not a lot, yeah. but I think it's like I he think it's a like a small. There. I think it's small, but it's still there. And I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if this is a case of where the Dodgers and Major League Baseball have to put their heads together to figure this out. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the league gets involved in these types of things when it comes to security, but you need to be careful because as these stories come out, fans are not going to want to go to games. They're going to be looking over their shoulder every two seconds. That's not how you want to go to a baseball game or any That's sporting awesome. event. Just presiding over train wrecks everywhere, right? First the Lakers and now this. <laughs> That's very true. So, 
Jeff, we got to go, man, but thanks for always for calling in, all right? All right. I missed you, boys. You guys are the best. We miss you too, Craig. I well, mean, Jeff. Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, Clem didn't miss you as much as I did, apparently. <laughs> Whatever. Jeff. He's got Uncle Krzyzewski that he feels bad for now, right? <laughs> Jeff, bit. we only have one more week on the show, okay? So try to call in, okay? Why? Where, where are you guys going? Uh, we're going to take a break from uh, for shows for a while. Mm-hmm. So next oh. one, next Wednesday's our last show. Hashtag bring back Matt Stevens didn't work. No, apparently not. Not in, you know, and I actually see him on Facebook all the time. Yeah, I see him on Twitter complaining. Do you believe that dope was on Twitter already complaining because the Yankees lost to the Orioles? Was he real? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big uh, thing for him last year because of the fact that they they couldn't beat uh, bad teams. I mean, this must be his own personal nightmare. (laughs) Maybe so, but... All right, Jeff. Take it easy, man. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Pineapple on pizza. It's a thing. Get out of here. That's where you hang up on him now, Clem. Pineapple on pizza. What is he smoking? Breaking news. This better be good because the last time you kind of screwed this up. Confirmed. Next Monday, returning guest Ike Isaac Feldman will be on the show. Doing coming, we're coming on for a phone interview next week. All right, I love Ike. Yeah, I feel I, I told him I was like, Look, one of our better guests that we had, gotta he, have you on for one last time. So, you told him we were, we were leaving? I told him we were leaving. He was like, Okay, so he was like, He didn't really ask me any questions. I asked him as we were talking to Jeff, I was like, Look, you gotta come in one last time. And he was like, No doubt, I'll do it, I'll be there. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's the man. I love Isaac. There you have it, folks. Clem cutting deals while we're on the phone with Jeff. <laughs> Shows you how much you were really tuned into that conversation. <laughs> Next Monday night, right here on the Moff on the Mic radio show, Isaac Feldman from Outside the Cage podcast will be joining us. We'll definitely we'll be talking some UFC. And uh, Will he be our official last guest? I think so, because I don't know. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But right now, Isaac Feldman will be on our show next Monday night. And as we said before, a friendly reminder, Thursday night, right here in studio on the Moffat on the Mic radio show, the guys from the What's Wrong with Wrestling podcast will be joining us. Andrew Pisano, Joe Pisano, and Eric Slamilton Hamilton will be in the house on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, hanging out with us 10 o'clock Thursday night. We'll be talking some wrestling, of course, and we'll probably, of course, we'll do some sports as well. I'm actually but, really excited for that. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, get here on time, okay? Oh, I'll be here early because, you know, I told them, I was like, you know, 9.45, you got to be here. So I'll probably be here like 9.30 just making sure we're all good and everything like that. So, Well, remember, we can't interfere with home stretch. They'll be in studio, so you can't really just walk in and be like, yeah, hey, I'm just checking everything before our, our show. Oh, that's going to be fun, though. That's going to be a really fun interview. No, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having them in here. It'll be a lot of fun with them in studio. They do, like, impersonations and stuff, so, you oh, know. Oh, my gosh. They, it's going to be really funny. It's good. It's literally like we're going to be part of the podcast, like their whole thing. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. On Thursday night, right here on the Moff on the Mic radio show, we have Andrew and Joe Pisano and Eric Slamilton Hamilton from the What's Wrong with Wrestling podcast hanging out with us in studio right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Um Back to the Mets for a minute. So you saw the other, you saw yesterday that the Mets have been doing their due diligence on Dallas Keuchel. 
Yeah, and Kimbrell, I heard too. And Kimbrell. Kimbrell's still not backing down from his like uh, six-year triple-digit uh, nine-figure demands, which he's not getting at this point. I think Craig Kimbrell's a bit of a long shot for the Mets, mainly because he he won't be able to close. And I think he'll want to close. Yeah. And the Mets have Edwin Diaz, who, by the way, first tightrope act with Edwin Diaz tonight. Yeah. Bases loaded, no outs, and he got out of it. I'm not worried about him, though, if he gets in the situation. I'm not. It's just like it's just kind of funny. I'm like, you know, they're up 7-3, and, of course, it's always got to be interesting. Never ma- It doesn't matter who it is, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it was K-Rod, even when it was like John Franco back in the day. Always make it interesting. I can't even remember who the worst Mets closer in history was from when I was a fan. Like, I've been a fan since before, you know, obviously. Familia. I was just familiar. No, I don't. No, no, no. There's been worse? Oh, there's been worse. Benitez was pretty bad. Braden Looper was probably the worst one. I don't know if you remember Braden Looper. He was on the Marlins. He was actually really good on the Marlins, so the Mets signed him, and he was a complete disaster for the Mets. I think one of the worst relievers we ever picked up was J.J. Putz. We got him in a trade was from he Seattle. A closer? No, he wasn't. he wasn't a closer. He was an eighth inning guy. He was yeah. a guy. They had gotten him and K Rod in the same year. Yeah, I remember that. And JJ Putz, he used to come out to Putz. Thunderstruck by ACDC. And he and like he was always such like a he was just very he was a little he was always all over the place. K Rod too. Yeah. But I the more I start to see I didn't mean to cut you off. The more I start to see these stories now about the Mets checking in on Keichel. Tomorrow is going to be an interesting start, and I'll tell you why. Tomorrow, Jason Vargas is pitching. Yeah, if he sucks, if he if sucks. If he sucks, Keuchel has a huge advantage if the Mets come calling. Yeah. And maybe Vargas is exactly what he should be, more of a like a, a long relief guy. Yeah. A spot starter, like a guy you start in a doubleheader. Yeah. Like second game of a doubleheader, we don't want to waste another pitcher. You start Jason Vargas. Yeah. Because you don't want to take away from the fact that Lugo and Gazelman, because you're not going to use them for starting. No, unless you're really desperate. Yes. Which I doubt they will, honestly, because last year they didn't even make the rotation. You had Corey Oswald going in the rotation. Yeah. But having Keiko, like Corey Oswald wasn't bad. He got better as the year went on last year. But if one of the starters goes down, I'm very reluctant to go to Corey Oswald. I'm very reluctant to go to Chris Flexen yeah. or PJ Conlin. Again, if those are our fifth starters, not mad at all with that. So if they can find a way to lure Keuchel to New York, which we've been saying would be a great move. We've been saying. Even when we had been saying even when we had um, Tim this? Healy on when, from Newsday, he said the same thing. He said it makes perfect sense for Keuchel to come to New York. Now, the only thing is it would cost him a draft pick. I'm fine with that. Because he turned down the qualifying offer, so he so he, he would be – it would cost him a draft pick. I would be fine with giving up a draft pick. But if Dallas Keuchel is your number five, let's say, behind Mats. That's a former behind Wheel, Yeah, behind Wheeler, behind Syndergaard, behind DeGrom. That's a pretty sick rotation. If you get him – he's 31 years old. You get him for, let's say, let's, you sign him for a three-year deal. It's not bad. No. It's really not bad. And if he's good, you can trade him for 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 uh for capital. But I mean it depends. 
it depends how serious, like what kind of money he's looking for. I feel like at this point, he's got to be just looking at anything right now. So speaking of the Orioles, we were talking about it during the break. Orioles started David Hess tonight. He had a no-hitter through six and a third, and they pulled him. Why? They pulled him from the game. He was up, uh, and they wound up winning six to five, the Orioles. Well, good for the Orioles that they won, but, I mean, why take out your guy? If you look, you have nothing else to to work for right now. You might as well just keep in the guy who's going to get you a no-hitter, possibly. When they interviewed the manager, he said that he was on a pitch count after the right-hander pitched in relief on opening day, throwing two scoreless innings and a loss to the Yankees. He had eight strikeouts and six and a third after 82 pitches. I get it, but I mean. I mean, again, though. But you are seeing something, right? Like, now here's the new, here's the new norm. The new norm is now everybody's using rota- bullpen guys for the rotation. Baltimore doesn't even really have much of a starting rotation. Yeah. They have Kashner, Bundy, and uh, the guy who pitched – oh, Nate Carnes pitched Saturday. He only pitched two innings. Mm-hmm. Alex Cobb, I think, is hurt because I haven't seen him yet in the rotation at all. He's hurt? Yeah, he's hurt. And another trend you're seeing is how quickly guys are starting to just bypass free agency and sign with, re-sign with their teams. Xander Bogarts is the latest one. Xander Bogarts is about to get a $132 million extension with Boston. Mm-hmm. After sales signed for 145 And now comes the question, where does Mookie Betts fall into this place? He'll get his deal done. They'll probably end up. But is Mookie Betts a $400 million player? No, but he's up there. He's up there. But is he's he a $400 million player? If you tell me, like, does he get like if he sits there and says, "Well, Trout got four thirty-two, I want four twenty. No, I'd say he's three fifty. Say he's right there. I'd definitely say he's three hundred plus. If anything, I mean, I don't think he's definitely four hundred personally. I think you have to be a certified first ballot, hundred percent Hall of Famer if you're going to get four hundred right now, and that's exactly what. That's what, exactly what Trout got. Harper didn't get that. Machado didn't get that. Arenado didn't get that. They got the three hundred million dollars, and that's where that's where I find Mookie Betts at right now in the three hundred million dollar range. I mean, it makes sense. It does. It does. I mean, look, and Mookie Betts is a great player. Don't get us wrong. We're not saying he's not. But is he a four hundred million dollar man? No, he's not. But he thinks he is. And then the question is: Is what does Boston do about that? Boston's losing again, by the way. 2 nothing in the fourth to Oakland. You know what, though? This is not a bad move for Boston. I would rather get the West Coast trip out of the way early. I would rather not go to Seattle and Oakland and wherever early. I'd rather get that out of the way now. Yeah. Look, you know Boston's going to be a good team this year. But it might even be a better idea for them to get out of to get the West Coast trip early. I don't know what else you got, man. It's kind of quiet today. It was um Did the Capitals win tonight? Oh, please tell me you watched the Elite Eight over the weekend. Barely. Those were some good games. I know, I caught the end of the Gonzaga game. That the was Gonzaga a good game. Texas Tech game. I'm at 
it's hard because I was out to dinner with my wife on Saturday. Okay. And we went to went to this place. Uh, it was a good place. The food is awesome. But we had – it was kind of funny because we got there and then this couple got there before us. Mm-hmm. And if we had gotten there five minutes before that couple, we would have been seated. Instead, we had to wait a half an hour. Now, the reason why we went there was kind of like, you know, listen, when you're us, when you're us and you have kids, you have to be cheap. That's that's what it is, folks. And anybody who has kids will be the first one to tell you. Where'd you guys go? We went to a place called it's uh, it's called Novi. It's an Italian restaurant in Baldwin. Okay. It's a good it's good food. Like the food is actually very good. It looks, you know, it's not a very big place. And it was funny because the woman that was running it, like the woman the hostess was like a real like she kind of was like a hag and she like didn't know like she kind of was like getting overwhelmed like so quickly because mm-hmm. I don't think they were used to having that many people like really kind of like jam-packed in there. Mm-hmm. So she was getting all frustrated because she like saw us and you know, we decided to wait. The thing is we joined like their birthday club. Mm-hmm. So they always give you a coupon for your birthday for like a free entree. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to use it because, you know, and again, the food was awesome either way. The old lady was getting so frustrated because people were not only not leaving, but they were ordering dessert. <laughs> and she was getting so pissed because there was like five people behind us. For some reason, this was like the place to be on a Saturday night. And no one was leaving. This dive bill, Yeah. No one was leaving. Like a lot of the tables were like five or six people. And you know, like those take a long time, yeah. you know, to like finish and everything. And then there was like one little booth, like when you walk in through the door, it was like the only booth before you get to the actual restaurant. And then like at one point the guy goes, like, we thought, Oh, you know, okay, maybe he won't order dessert. And I hear him go, like, Can I get the chocolate cake? And I'm like, Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I'm getting like so frustrated because like my wife and I are starving at this point, you know. So, good place. Definitely. I mean, I don't know if uh, I don't know how close you are to Baldwin. I'm not close at all. Yeah, Baldwin's like a 20, 20 minute ride from me. Yeah, five minutes. But overall, it was a good place. So when I got home, I caught the end of the Gonzaga Texas Tech game. Okay. And that was a really good game. I caught I caught some of the Michigan State game. Not a lot. And I didn't see the other the other games. I didn't see that, the, I didn't see the Auburn game. I didn't see the uh, the Purdue, Purdue Virginia game was so good. It was like I'm at we're at the I went out to a brewery with my a couple of my friends. And they had the game on in there, and we were just watching. We were like, we can't believe Purdue blew it mm-hmm. like they did. Like they had it. It was theirs. I just couldn't believe all everything that was going down. And now, you know, with, you know, now that, that Duke officially lost, all Nick fans are getting excited for Zion Williamson, and I'm just laughing. I'm going to be laughing right in their face when they can, when they don't get him. It is so sad, man. Like, it, you know, it's kind of sad what the Knicks have really become, mm-hmm. that you're, like, hoping for this. And the funny thing is, is, like, this is what kind of speaks to the New York arrogance, okay? You see, a lot of people still think the Knicks are a relevant franchise, and they're really not. They're not. They have been a relevant franchise for years. And the thing is, is like you make these trades, which are good trades, by the way. So let's get that out of the way right now. The Knicks have made good trades, you know, especially, you know, trading Porzingis, freeing up that room to get two max players. But you have to sell those max players on something. 
And what are you selling them on in New York? Nothing. And again, we've said this time and time again. You're not selling us on the garden. You're really not. No. It is hands down the most overrated arena I have ever like and I'm and I'm saying it from a winning standpoint. See, I'm not a big fan of the garden in general. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. I don't hate it though either. Yeah. Okay. But the funny thing is, is that you hear these players all the time. Oh, I, I want to go play at the garden. I want to be, you know, the, the part of the winning culture. What winning culture? That's the, the Rangers are missing the playoffs another year. The Knicks are missing the playoffs another year. But I'm saying if you're the Knicks, here's my question. If you're, what's the, what's the GM, was Scott Perry? Yeah. What are you selling the Kyrie Irvings and the Kevin Durant's on? Like if I'm Kevin Durant, do I really want to come to the Knicks? No, like, I, what's what's in New York that's enticing me to the Knicks outside of maybe the possibility of landing Zion? And that's not guaranteed. I mean, look, you want to say, like, okay, maybe you don't get him, but you get R.J. Barrett. Okay. But then, again, you'll have Dennis Smith Jr. there. You'll have Kevin Knox. And you'll have R.J. Barrett. I mean... I mean, that, then that's it. You really don't need Kevin Durant at that point. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but like... If I'm Kevin Durant, just stay in Golden State. I would stay in Golden State until You the got game. it made in Golden State. I take, mean, take a pay cut, you got it made. You're going to win championships for the next six years. Not to mention, though, but I will say one thing about Golden State. They need to get rid of DeMarcus Cousins. Well, yeah, he just signed there just to just so he can win a quick win, a quick ring. Because get I'm him, not... get him his ring, and then get him the hell out. Yeah, because... because the guy is just the guy is nothing but trouble. All I'm hearing, all I'm seeing every other day is how he's flagrant fouls and getting ejected and stuff. But, I, I mean, mean that, I mean that's just not even just because you know he's on the Warriors. That's just him in general. He, he's been doing that when he was on the Kings. But it's pretty sad that this is what it's become with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like with the Rangers. Henrik Lundqvist doesn't even play anymore, which is just – it's just weird. It's weird seeing that. It's weird seeing him on the bench. I understand that they're not going to they're not going to the playoffs this year. They missed the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. I understand it's a rebuilding. It's a rebuilding time for the Rangers. But it just – it's so weird that, like, they don't start him. It's – yeah. It, but Not to say the kid hasn't – the other kid hasn't earned it. Yordiev, whatever his name is. Yeah. It's not like he hasn't earned it, but it just seems weird that Lundqvist isn't playing. But if this is what you have to hold on to, Nick fans, it's going to really suck for you if you don't get the number one overall pick. And that's what I said, too. And we, I said, you know, if they don't get Zion, if they don't get R.J. Barrett, or R.J. Barrett, if they don't get Kyrie, if they don't get Kevin Durant, this Porzingis trade was a bad deal. Then this was a bad trade. All these trades that they done to trade get to do that was it was bad idea. Because look, I like Dennis Smith Jr. a lot. I really do. They should have drafted him over Nilakina, who Nilakina is. I think is done now. Now he's out for now he's out for the season. He's done. He's a failed failed guy. And it took you to, for trading your best player Porzingis to get Dennis Smith Jr., who you should have drafted originally. Yeah, but. Now you have Dennis Smith Jr. You can build around Dennis Smith Jr. He's a good point guard. 
You don't need to go out and draft John Mormont. If you want, if you do have the first overall pick, take Zion or R.J. Barrett. You can still build with Kevin Knox while he's still young. You have guys you can build around. I mean, you don't really need. What's going to screw the the Islanders? What's going to screw the? We'll get to them in a minute. <laughs> what's going to screw the Knicks is not getting the a top two overall pick. Because it, you can easily say JT can go two. Depending. Well, the lowest they can get is three. Yeah. They can't go any lower than three based on the new the new rules and the new odds for the lottery. Yeah, and that's crazy to think, to think because third overall pick, it's a good pick. Mm-hmm. But in the Knicks situation, if you're not getting Zion or RJ Barrett, it's not good. It's not it's not in their it's not in their favor. I don't at least I don't think. But I'm saying it's so tough to really sell these free agents that it might even be better for them to sell guys like Kemba Walker. Yeah. Where they'll be like the focal point of the offense. Hometown guys too. I mean like I would love to see Tobias Harris on the on the Nets, but you can sell a guy like Kemba Walker who grew up in Jersey. Tobias Harris who grew up on Long Island. Local guys. But Nick fans are like every other New York fan. They want the big fish. Like how many people sweated out Le'Veon Bell not signing with the Jets? And you started to see the stories about how, you know, he wasn't 100% sure and this and that. That's why in a weird way, too, I think Le'Veon Bell, as much as I love having him on the Jets right now, his whole I love New York thing just seems a little phony. Because my thing is, if you really loved New York and you really, really wanted to play for the Jets, you would have got a deal done day one. Yeah. You wouldn't have been dragging it out. You wouldn't have been trying to figure out or maybe figure out a way to get another team involved that you might want to go to. And I could understand the Jets' skepticism. They got burned last year by Kirk Cousins. And they offered him more money. And he still turned it down because he because he was he always wanted to go to Minnesota. And he admitted that he was using the Jets as leverage. Maybe it makes sense for the Knicks to go after more of the middle tier guys than the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvings of the world. Kemba Walker would be really good for the Knicks. Like you said, Tobias Harris is another guy that would be good for the Knicks. Yeah, you can build around that. Imagine a lineup with Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Kevin Knox. Say okay, say we're this is saying you're getting Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson, Tobias Harris, DeAndre Jordan. That's a good starting five. Not to mention Mitchell Robinson. And, and Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson's Robinson. been great for And the Mitchell Knicks. Robinson. And that all depends on what other draft pick the Knicks get in the second round. Plus, you only signed one guy, so you have tons of more money to get bench players. Mm-hmm. That would be perfect for the, if the Giants. For the Knicks right there. you get you, And that's in the situation if you get Zion. You don't go after the big fish like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You don't go after them. You go after a guy like Tobias Harris, a guy like Kemba Walker, like a middle... Middle, not a middle, middle tier guy. But that's not good enough, though. That's not, yeah, exactly. It's not good enough. The fact is, is the Nick fan wants Kyrie Irving. Yeah. They are so, how can I put this? What's the word I'm looking for? Hungry. That's, they are so delusional. Desperate. To think that just because they have two max free agent spots now, that they are, they're almost guaranteeing themselves Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And that's Kevin Durant will really – and you'll be terribly disappointed when Kevin Durant decides to sign with the Golden State Warriors again. 
Unless like, unless he truly, truly wants to be out. Because, listen, right now it's not looking like Clay's coming back to Golden State after this year. That Clay might wind up going to the Lakers or something like that. Just like stay on the West Coast and be in the Lakers. Kawhi's probably going to the Clippers. I mean, this is just an educated guess, by the way. But the fact is, is that I don't know what the Knicks can sell these guys on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the marketing opportunities. Yeah, well, when you are when you play for a crappy team, the marketing opportunities, while nice, are not very important. Mm-hmm. Unless it's all you give a rat's ass about. Like yeah. LeBron James has won his titles. So he's just out in Los Angeles doing his you know production company. That's his new venture once he decides to call it a career. I don't think he cares about getting the Lakers a championship. Absolutely not. The Lakers sure as hell aren't putting putting the pieces around him to get a championship. Yes, New York has marketing abilities. So do a lot of other states. Los Angeles, California has one. You can even argue that Boston has them. Yeah, if we want to talk about marketing ability, personally, and this is me not being biased here, the Nets are more marketable right now than the Knicks. They have a better they have a better team, better coach, better players. I think they're far along, more along than the Knicks are. Yeah, they are. And that's to go back, you know, the Nets also have two max free agent deals they can give out. Now, but and as a as a Nets fan, I would love to see Kevin Durant in a Nets uniform. I would love to see Kyrie Irving. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not, because I'm realistic. I think they should go. I think they should actually go after. Uh, they should give. First of all, I think they should give D'Angelo Russell a max deal end of the season. Well, they have two max slots. Mm-hmm. One of them is going to go to Russell. I think the other one should go to, to Tobias Harris. If they can get him. If they can get him, because now I'm um, now look at that lineup now with because Philadelphia might keep him too. That's true. Because Philadelphia might let Jimmy Butler walk and just keep Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and um, Joel Embiid together. Now, if the Knicks, uh, if the Nets were to do that, you know, you do your lineup would look your starting lineup would look like D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, not even Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Levert, Tobias Harris, um, probably Curix next year because I think he'll be more developed, and then Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have guys like Joe Harris, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie coming off your bench. And the crazy thing is they have two first-round picks. Exactly. And they have two first-round picks this year. I mean, like, Sean Marks has really built this team for something very special. For a team that's been pretty garbage the past five five years. And this is a team, I think, that's going to consistently be in the postseason. Now, I don't know if, you know, this year they're looking more like a seven right now. They lost to the Bucks tonight, which I kind yeah. of expected. But – the way the franchise is built, the development, and that's where Kenny comes into play. I was not a big – I'm not a huge Kenny Atkinson fan as coach, as a head coach. As a player developer, I think he's tremendous. When you have Joe Harris, the way he developed. The, when you have um, Spencer Dinwiddie, another guy that developed. Look how, yeah. look how much Jared Allen has developed yeah, and in two the, years. And the crazy thing is, too, without – not counting D'Angelo Russell – all these guys were drafted in the first round, but 20th overall and later. You know, it's funny. Imagine they could have gotten something out of Anthony Bennett. Imagine develop. Remember that? I, I mean, that was a disaster, but I'm saying I, like, I, I but it cost them play. nothing. It cost them nothing. Yeah. But I'm saying, imagine if they got something out of Anthony well, Bennett. Well, I wasn't even thinking Anthony Bennett. Imagine um, Nerlens Noel. It was the same draft. Right. He was supposed to be the big name. I remember now. that too, and then he tore his ACL or something, or tore or tore up his knee, 
in and college, he, and he, he was he, not really like. Yeah. And then he dropped. That's when he started dropping in the draft. Well, you know, what? I was kind of hoping this year that somehow that Michael Porter Jr. would drop to the Nets. Yeah, and I was just like, if we if the Nets can draft my if he if he somehow falls to the Nets, I'll be like, Ooh, boy. But then I asked myself, what is his plan? Is his plan to just keep drafting guys, stashing international players? Is I, you, you know because right now the Nets roster is stacked. Yeah. Now I don't know who's a free agent from Brooklyn after this year, besides the obvious like D'Angelo Russell. But I think D'Angelo Russell is going to wind up getting a max deal regardless. But the way the roster the roster is stacked, even with guys like Hollis Jefferson, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Curix, Jared Allen. Joe Harris, Damare Carroll. They're they're pretty stacked right now. Mm-hmm. But it's you can easily argue that Brooklyn could be more far ahead than the net than the Knicks. I think they're way more far ahead than the Knicks. The Knicks really don't have anything going for them right now except for Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan. Question mark and Kevin Knox question mark right now because you really don't you really not see I mean you're asking him to do a lot and he's only 19 years old I get that but mm-hmm. I mean he has to I think he has to prove a little more oh sure I mean that, that's that's not that's a no doubter I mean it's only his first year but I just don't understand why people are completely sold on Madison Square Garden as this mecca of winning. Okay, Nets free agents. Alan Crabb, probably not coming back. I wouldn't bring him back. He's too injury prone. Damari Carroll, I'd bring him back. He's been solid in some I games. would bring him back, but he's not a priority. Not a priority, yeah. D'Angelo Russell. Yes, yes. he's a max deal. Ed Davis, nah, I wouldn't bring him back. I would bring back Ed Davis. Mm. He doesn't play as much, though. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, he's a restricted free agent. So I would not bring back Hollis Jefferson. I think he gets hurt way too much. I think I, I wouldn't bring him back either, but he's restricted, so which makes me think he probably will come back. Uh, you got Jared Dudley. Uh, nah, he can he can go. Theo, Theo Pinson. He's with the Long Island Nets. And Allen Williams. Nah, nah those two guys. Theo Pinson's a good player. I, I saw him play when I went to the Long Island Nets game. But yeah. He's not really a part of their future, though. But I think, you know, if you were to bring back uh, – D'Angelo Russell, obviously, you bring back. I think you bring back Damari Carroll. He was solid. He's been solid off the bench. Not a priority, but you could you could bring him back. And that's really it, honestly. I, I, that's what I would say. Maybe Jared Dudley, too. Again, Jared Dudley, like, well, like the Amari Carroll. I think the key is going to be that you can't continue to just have the same players. Yeah. You have to make tweaks to the roster. Yeah. See, I always thought that was one of the things that burned the Mets. The Mets, whether they won in 2015, they literally kept the same exact roster. Then I think they added Jay Bruce. And granted, they got to the wild card, they lost to the Giants, but then the same next year, they did the same exact thing. They literally kept the same exact roster. Yeah. And it burned them. They didn't make the tweaks that are necessary when you're a World Series contender, when you've been in the World Series. By the way, not for nothing, I think Maurice is hot. I think she's absolutely gorgeous. Um, Yeah. Mrs. Miz. I know. She's amazing. She's gorgeous. Look at her. Well, I mean, she's pregnant, but I mean, still. Not now. This is an what? old episode. Well, she's still pregnant, though, now. Is she pregnant again? Yeah. Don't you remember? We were in here when she said she announced she was having the second baby. 
Uh, I had no idea. I don't. I, th- I remember the first one. I don't remember the second one. Yeah, she's pregnant again. But yeah, she's gorgeous. But overall, again, it's tough to really say like why the Knicks are this attractive franchise. And now you got Porzingis on some kind of rape allegation, apparently. Yeah, that's crazy. Saw, you know, but now there's like there was a there was another wrinkle to the story that apparently the woman was like. Almost like in a way it was consensual from what like, you know, the reading the back part of the articles and stuff mm-hmm. that uh, let me see if I can. Fi- I'll see if I can find it and then uh, I'll, I'll break it down for you. But I mean, now all of a sudden it becomes, oh, well, did uh, my God, thank God. You know, maybe this was the this is why the Knicks traded him because they knew this was uh, this rape oh allegation. I'm like, they have no idea. That's not why. James Dolan is completely oblivious to what goes on in his franchise. <laughs> completely oblivious. Oh, it doesn't really say. But apparently the, the story had said that, like, she was trying to get, like, almost like ex- not extort. That's like a little bit of a harsh word. But she reached out to them afterwards and, like, said that. Um, she wanted like $68,000 or $70,000 to like go away. However, she was sending him like explicit pictures of her. Mm. So like that's why people are having a hard time buying the whole story. It's tough. I mean, I I I mean, of all the guys, like, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know. Defend him. I'm not trying to defend him. It seems weird because, you know, you look at Christoph Przingis, you know, you you say to yourself, "Do we really think this guy's capable of rape?" But then again, you never know. You've said that about people in the past. Like, remember Darren Sharper? Yeah. Darren Sharper was one of the best safeties I'd ever seen. Love, love Darren Sharper. And then he turned out to be a serial rapist. Like, I mean, this guy had a pattern of drugging women. And he wound up going to jail for like eleven years or something like that. I think it was. I think it was like eleven. I think he wound up taking a plea because he would have got. He would have went to jail for a lot longer. I mean, you never know. Like you always wait for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. That's always the key. You cannot run to run to conclusions. But how crazy would that be if like Chris Porzingis has turned out to be? That's wild, honestly. I mean, like. It's not really embarrassing for the Knicks because he's not on the team, but still. I mean, the fact is, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not good. But again, this goes back to well, – we'll go back to what we were saying. The, I just don't see the Knicks attractive at all for for free agents. I mean – Well, the crazy thing is, is I remember what was attracting them to the free agents of the Knicks? Porzingis. Yeah. People wanted to play with Porzingis. Now you've traded Porzingis. And now you're going to have to sell people on who you draft, whether it's JT Barrett, John Mormont, or Zion Williamson. You're going to have to sell them on those, the, one of those guys and Dennis Smith Jr. But do guys like Kevin Durant at this stage in their career want to go through like rebuilding a team? See, the thing about Kevin Durant for me is I don't see him as like that leader. You know, when you play third or fourth fiddle to guys like Steph and Clay and Draymond, do you really want to go to New York and start putting the franchise on your back? He put the franchise on his back when he was in OKC. And look how that turned out. 
but he left OKC because he got tired of him and like he just didn't want it anymore. Exactly. So do I expect him? And you know the minute he comes to New York, the pressure will be overwhelming for him to the point where he's going to crack. And it's going to be a lot of snippiness with the media. And they're going to be micromanaging every little thing he does. Yeah. Is that what you want? Because if that's what you want, then come to New York. But when you have it made in the shade in Golden State, where Kevin Durant is with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, why would you want to leave? What's the worst that happens? Okay, Clay Thompson signs with the Lakers, but is everybody else going to leave that team too? That is your best chance to win championships. It makes all the sense in the world for you to stay there. Don't even bother coming to the Knicks. My gut tells me the city would eat him alive. It would. As much as they would love him, spit him right back out. The minute he doesn't deliver, they're going to hate him. Just like they did with Carmelo. Real quickly before we get out of here on hockey, the Isles lost today 2-1 to to Tavares and the Maple Leafs. Uh, I don't know. It's not coming up on who it is. Huh. Yet. Let me. And the thing is, is that, look, I really didn't have – I kind of had delusions of grandeur when, when it came to them possibly winning the division, possibly winning the Metro. Who is it? Craig, this is the only time I'm probably ever going to disagree. Oh, is this why is, – is this why – oh, so you're calling from a block number now? No, no the, the numbers aren't showing up. Oh, Jeff's cl- number didn't show up. Clem's like, oh, it's a block – <laughs> now that you're leaving, you think you could just try to throw shit on everybody. I think that <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> listen, listen. Oh, no. I'm calling April 10th. Don't worry. Oh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't doubt it for a minute. Um, just sitting here saying that there's more than just Clay. You forget that. Mm-hmm. Draymond's up soon, very soon, and Boogie's a free agent at the end of the year. Right. And they're not going to be able to fit, you know, a, a second because they signed what's his name to a Supermax. Stuff. So that second max contract can't be a big one. So, you know, Boogie has more service time in, in comparison to Clay. So Boogie's contract's going to be huge. Yeah. And it, it just, to me, I think Durant realizes that sure right now he's the number two there. You can argue that he's the three. I'd say he's the number two there. Um, but what if he is kind of at the point now where he wants to be the guy on the team? kind of like what LeBron was in Cleveland. And I also get the whole media thing, but that's everybody. And, and sure, Cano is used to it because he's been here for so long. But look at how DeGrom and Syndergaard have handled this, for example, going into another sport. DeGrom's at the top of his game. He's at the top of the sport, just like just like uh, Durant is. So, I mean, I don't see why he couldn't handle it. No, I, you know, I think he could. I, I just get this weird feeling that he doesn't – I mean, this is where you and I may just have to agree to disagree because I just don't know if he wants to be that guy. Like that, right. just pretty much where you're basically, it's all centered around you. Right. And like I said, I mean, I understand that the Knicks are you know, going to have a very high draft pick this year, could all, most likely have the number one overall pick and get no, Zion no, Williamson. Don't even, I'm not going to believe it until it's made. Don't even exactly, until Adam Silver pulls out the ping pong ball. I got it. Right. 
My thing is, is I just don't know what you can sell Kevin Durant on to come to New York because there's really not a lot here except for a few young, very young building blocks, which I'm not saying are bad. Well, I think I think Mitchell yeah. Robinson's been terrific. And Kevin... Oh, he's, he's a steal of the draft. Yeah. I mean, between Mitchell the Robinson, Kevin Knox... Go ahead. The real steal of the draft is Alonzo Trier. Mm-hmm. And he, even, he wasn't even drafted. That says something. Right. But here's my, here's my you know, I'm not coming back to you, but here's my kind of response to that, right? Mm-hmm. What did Nick sell Amari Stoudemire on? I have no idea. <laughs> what they have at the same time is that they were just as bad. Because if you remember, LeBron was a Nick. But do you – I think Amari always wanted to come here. I don't know how serious Kevin Durant is about coming to New York. And, and it, well, I, again, that's, that's the whole thing with me is the LeBron is, – is the way LeBron looked at L.A. is the way what's the name look at Durant's looking at here. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's, it's, if, if the guy who replaced Shams at Yahoo, whose name I don't know, right. awesome, smart guy, mm-hmm. he's sitting there saying that, that's the way he looks at it here. He has um, not a production company, but he has huge business ventures in the city. Right. He has all this stuff where it's hard for me not to believe that he wouldn't deeply, deeply consider coming here. And I think even if they get a top two pick, if they end, okay, worst comes to worst, what, they end up with R.J. Barrett? Yeah. You know, you, you, you wouldn't want to play aside alongside him, potentially. R.J. Barrett, Kyrie... And and Knox and Robinson. To me, it's just you know. To me, it's just not. It, it, they're a playoff team. I mean, hate to put it to you, and I'm not saying this is to screw with you. They might be better than the Nets if that happens. It's possible, yeah. It's definitely possible. The key phrase is if it happens. Right. I mean, that's what, I mean, I'm not saying. I'm, listen again. I'm a Knicks fan. I get it. I've been through years of misery. There's no shot in hell that I'm going to sit here and say all this stuff. It's like being a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say all this stuff's going to happen, and then it's going to happen. Because that's never the case, ever. No. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is, man. But I'll be listening. I'll hang up. I'm going to the home opener Thursday. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Take care, Eric. All right, fellas. Bye. All right. I definitely see his point, though. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely – I do definitely see and, his point. No, and that's what I was saying, though, too. You know, like – if even if you don't get Zion, J- JT Bar- uh, JT Barrett, RJ Barrett is still a good player to have. You could still build. Sure, he he was the, the this, I'll say the second. I'll say honestly, I think he was the second best player in college mm-hmm. basketball this year. Yeah, you, it's, it's arguable. He's the second best player. So, but something tells me in these types of situations, like when Cleveland lost LeBron, it's like. Every time they've lost, they've lost LeBron twice. Now with the Lakers, and then before when they were in Miami, and they always wound up with the number one overall pick. You know, like I could totally see that happening. See, I don't see the Phoenix Suns getting the number one pick. But imagine, they already had it last year with DeAndre Ayton. Imagine if they did though. They got and they got Zion. So you'd have a team of Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, and DeAndre Ayton. It's pretty good. That's a good team. I want to see that happen. I doubt it. And there's will already happen. a rumor that the coach is on the hot seat in Phoenix, the the Russian guy. I mean, but I would lo- honestly, I would love that team. I look, like I that think free agency is always an interesting thing for whether it's the Nets or the Knicks. I mean, I think the Nets are definitely capable of luring a free agent here, like a big free agent. I don't know who that is, but 
I think their primary focus is going to be on bringing back D'Angelo Russell and then where they go from there. Because I think that Sean Marks is going to build a team that can will be consistently in the playoff race to eventually take over or maybe even get into a higher seed in the East. Again? Breaking news. Adam Wojnarowski reported that. Adrian Wojnarowski. What I say? Adam. Oh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported reported that ESPN sources are saying Brooklyn Nets coach Kenny Atkinson and his staff are completing contract extensions with the franchise. Okay. Like Kenny deserves an extension. I mean, he I think does. he's he's done a good job developing players and I think he, you know, the team has taken strides forward. This has been one of their best seasons by far in a mm-hmm. long time. They're going to they they could very well be a playoff team. I don't want to say it yet because they still have some tough games around the corner. They're not out of the out of the woods yet. But no, I mean, but I think you know it's a good building block. You know, you made the seven. You could be the seven seed this year. Now you got to take the next step forward next year and go get go get that. You got to bring another enticing free agent here besides keeping D'Angelo Russell. And I said it's got. I think it's. I think the main guy they should focus on it shouldn't be Kevin Durant. Shouldn't be Kyrie. I don't think they're going to be focused on either one of those guys. Though. I think it's got. I think it's got to be Tobias Harris. I think they'll be looking at like the B level guys. I think that's the way they're going to go. I don't think Sean Marks is going to go shoot the moon for a guy like uh, Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. I think he knows he has no shot at those guys. So my guess is he'll probably you know if he's going to keep D'Angelo Russell, there's no point in having Kyrie Irving. Yeah, exactly. So Tobias Harris makes all the sense in the world. But don't be surprised if they make a trade, too. I could easily see that as well. Sean Marks is pretty smart in these types of things. He likes to take on contracts that people don't want. And it gives them, like, you know, he'll figure out a way to get a draft pick out of it, too. Yeah. Or even if you want to get a guy like Chris Middleton. I don't see him leaving the box, but Chris Middleton would be a, a, a solid guy to have. Julius Randle would be another solid guy. Well, to Julius Randle's the guy that they tried to go after last year, and they couldn't get him. There's some guys out here who the who the Nets can go out and get, and they could be solid guys to start in their lineup. Yeah, but Clem, two things of breaking news. I'm very very impressed. I, yeah, I was gonna say, was that breaking news or? Yeah, I think it was breaking newsworthy. Isaac was better. You know, that was a better breaking <laughs> that newsworthy. Was that was a nice surprise. You <laughs> that know. was funnier just because I did it while we were talking to Jeff. I know shows how much you really care about Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, you know I love you. <laughs> Oh, let's just end it on that note. What do you say? All right. All right. That'll do it for us tonight on the Moffat and the Mike Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, but only for another week on the uh, 10 p.m. to midnight right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Follow us on Twitter at Moffat on the Mike, Twitter, Instagram at Moffat on the Mike, and our Facebook page as well. Thanks to Eric and Jeff for calling in. And uh, special thanks to Isaac Feldman for confirming next Monday night right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network being on the show next Monday night at around 10, 1030. And, of course, we are very excited. Thursday night, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Andrew and Joe Pisano and Eric Slamilton Hamilton from the What's Wrong with Wrestling podcast are going to be in studio hanging out with us. we got a lot to talk about with WrestleMania being this Sunday night as well as uh, NXT TakeOver on Friday. And, Clint, man, I think I'm going to try to go to that Ring of Honor show. It'll be good. You see, like, I, the only reason I didn't want to go to it, and my buddies were like, yo, let's go to that instead of uh, 
instead of access. I was like, you know what? If like if it still had the guys like Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, and all those guys, I'd say yeah, let's go. But it's still. I mean, I like I still heard it's a great card. I mean, I don't know who's on it. I heard, I just keep hearing it's great. Oh, we didn't say this on the show before, but I am officially going to WrestleMania Access. Let's go Sunday morning. And I'll, yeah, so eight to noon. I'm going officially Saturday Saturday night six to ten, and then more. Then mo- most likely heading over to the What's Wrong with Wrestling guys uh, show. Well, that makes sense because you're going to be in Brooklyn anyway. I'm going to be in Brooklyn. Their show's at eleven. The just make a value shout out to my show. You know, I just tell you know. I do that yeah, for- listen to our show. We got two episodes left. Yeah. <laughs> but. We're really psyched to have him on the show Thursday night. I am pretty psyched. I'm going to try to really try hard to meet Ruby Riot. I think, I mean, uh, I'm not going to, I, I'm the one I'm going to, Finn Balor is going to be at. Oh, the line to see me, Finn Balor is going to be insane. Line, the line to meet Finn Balor is going to be crazy. So I'm going to try and go get the Velveteen, Adam Cole, and Nikki Cross. So what I'm trying to hold for, because the, uh, the 8 a.m. one is not as good, mm-hmm. but they're doing 20-man battle royals. As matches, which I think is actually pretty pretty See, fun. That's cool. We're, when I'm going, I'm we get UK tapings, NXT UK tapings when yeah. we're gonna go. But my daughter want. I told my daughter that Monday is like the women's wrestling one. Mm-hmm. Is it like Io Shirai's wrestling, uh, Nikki Cross is all. They're all wrestling, and she yeah. wants to go to that one because she really likes watching. She likes women's wrestling. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way your mother will let me take you out of school to go to this to go to this thing. So. Well, she doesn't have to know. Yes, she does. Because <laughs> then I got to hear that shit later, and I'm not about to, you know. So I told her, I was like, pass. I go. Like, no, you, t- you just take her out of school and be like, oh, how was school today? No. It was fun. I can't tell. No. <laughs> I think it's even a women's battle royal, too. I think it's like a women's and men's battle royal. So maybe Io Shirai will be on that one. But, yeah, I'm pretty psyched, man. I think the other ones are like Cedric Alexander, like Lana, um, Sting, you know, Kevin I'll, Nash. I'll look it up real quick just before we head out. It's not it's not the greatest, but it's just like but it's the best time for me to go. I wanted to go to the one to five one where Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan were gonna be there, but mm-hmm. it's sold out already. Let's see, let's see. This one doesn't show the general admission one. Thanks a lot. I think it's like it's not it's not a great like lineup. It's not like like an amazing, amazing lineup, but like Ruby Riot's on. Okay. Sun you on Sunday morning, right? Sunday morning. Go ahead. Why did the why did the lottery come up? What what's going on? Oh, Jesus Clem, I mean it's ads. It's these ads. You want me to do it? I got it. It's just ads on the computer, man. Go. Oh, I gotta get it back. Okay. Sunday morning, you got Sting, Kevin Nash, Ruby Riot, Ivory. Where'd it go? Pete Dunn, Sami Zayn, Zack Ryder, Sin Cara, Cedric Alexander. Oh, Long Island Ice Z. You'll get. Zach I gotta Ryder. meet. I gotta meet Zack Ryder. You gotta, you gotta meet Zack Ryder. And then when I'm going, I'm getting Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, Adam Cole, The Bar, Tony Storm, Leo Rush, Velveteen Dream, Bianca Blair, Nikki Cross, Harper, WWE Legends, and more. And blah 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 blah. See, I would real like Adam Cole. I mean, um, Finn Balor is gonna be a mile long, so I'm not even gonna try Finn Balor. Sami Zayn might be. A little smaller, so I might go out and go for Sami Zayn. I'm gonna really try and go for Tony Storm, Velveteen Dream. See, Adam I could C- see, I could see Sting being really long line. Yeah, and Kevin Nash being a really long line. I think, yeah, those are gonna be your two really long line guys. Other than that, Pete Dunn. Might I would get meet a- Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. I love cool. Pete Dunn. You gotta ask him to stretch out your fingers, though. No, that did. That oh dude, my god! That that's, every time he does that on t- uh, as a move, I'm like, oh god, I cringe. Who else is in it? Sami Zayn. 
Yeah, you get... I'll just read it again. Sting, Kevin Nash, Ruby Wright, Ivory, Pete Dunne, Sami Zayn, Zack Ryder, Sin Cara, Cedric Alexander, Lana, WWE Legend, Superstars from NXT, and 205 Live, and much more. Okay, so it's not too bad. I would, do, I would still... I mean, I'm actually pretty stoked to go. It says autographs and photos with WWE superstars are included. Does that mean we have to bring our own stuff to get autographed, or...? No, they normally do like pictures. Like when I went to access the last time they were at MetLife, they just have like a picture. Sin Cara, like Sin Cara was there. Yeah. Like we met Sin Cara, and he was actually pretty cool. And like we got to take a picture with him. And I think like the guy, like one of the WWE guys, will take a picture. Like if you give him like your phone, yeah, he'll take a picture of you with him and stuff oh, like okay. that. Like he's and he signed. He just signed like a, a a picture. Like you know, he has like a bunch of pictures on his. Okay, yeah. you can bring stuff. I think for him to sign. Okay. You know, I, but. Because I wouldn't want to get anything signed unless it was like a picture or whatever. So I just got like. I thought it'd be pretty cool because I told my daughter, I'm like, you got to wear your, your Riot Squad hat. And I'm like, I'm not, I got. All I want, I don't care about meeting anybody else. I really want to meet Ruby Riot. Because I, I want her to be a world. I want her to be the SmackDown or Raw Women's Champion. You know, you're going gonna to have your daughter go up and be like, oh, here you go. And then you're going to shove her out the way. She's going like, to be scared. No, she's going to be scared shitless of Ruby Riot. I know, I know my daughter. My daughter's going to see all the tattoos and she's going to like freak out. That's why I want her to meet like Liv Morgan because I think like Liv Morgan would have been like right up her alley. Cause, yeah. You know, but I don't know. Maybe we'll get a surprise. We'll get the whole Riot Squad there. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us again Thursday night right here on the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show. Eric, uh, Eric Slamilton Hamilton, Andrew, and Joe Pisano from the What's Wrong with Wrestling podcast are going to be in studio with us. So definitely check it out. Again, follow the show on Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. Three more shows left. And that's it. Wednesday, April 10th is our final, final show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Everyone, wherever you are, have a great Tuesday. And we'll be back Thursday night with the Rock's Wrong with Wrestling podcast, guys, right here on the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you Thursday. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio.